This week's episode is brought to you in partnership with Zero Procure, who are here to make procurement simple. Zero Procure harnesses a network of specialists to ensure that businesses are working with the right suppliers at the right price. Hospitality Meets is delighted to partner with the Zero Procure team and their network to help keep this podcast accessible and free to listen to. Please get in touch with them for a chat. Just click on their link in the show notes or visit their site at zeroprocure.com forward slash podcast. Welcome to a special episode of Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street. In our bonus episodes, we like to give some airtime to stories and individuals that are doing something just that little bit special. Today's guest is Jill Tiny, queen of all things collaboration and founder of Collaboration Global. Coming up on today's show, Jill gives us some wonderful advice. Don't put a dozen business coaches in the room, it's like herding cats. Phil makes a grave error. Oh my God, I have to edit that out. And we learn that when talking about politics, some phrases don't age well. So I'm like, well, what can I do? Well, I can't go and talk to Liz Truss. All that and so much more as Jill and I talk about all things collaboration. I'm a staunch advocate for collaborating and hopefully there's more than enough in our chat to whet your appetite as well. A huge thank you to Jill for being so open. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really does make a huge difference. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street. Now, when I started this podcast, there was all manner of things that I had running through my head around the types of conversation that I wanted to have and the types of people I'd love to have on the show. Now, you've probably heard if you're an avid listener of the show that I talk a lot about collaboration and how it could be the saviour of our industry or certainly one part of that. Well, it gives me huge pleasure to welcome the queen of collaboration, founder of Collaboration Global and writer of two books on the subject, which we will no doubt talk about as well. A massive hospitality meets welcome to Jill Tiny. Wow. Thank you, Phil. What an introduction. Lovely to be here. And it's an absolute joy to be chatting to you again, because I love having conversations with you. Oh, bless you. Yeah, well, we, this is a kind of turn the tables as well, because you've been kind enough to have me on on your your show. You also have a podcast. Sorry, I should have mentioned that in the, uh, <laughs> the intro as well. But um, yeah, you and I are cut from similar cloth, I think. Uh, we've spoken openly, haven't we, to each other around the fact that we are the shiny new thing people yes. <laughs> um, and get excited and optimistic about many, many things. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think that there are not very many optimists around that are quite so, um, we wear it on our sleeve with pride. Um, I've had it. people accuse me of being an optimist like it's a bad thing. Uh, yeah. like, What's your problem? Yeah, somebody's got to have a, a positive outlook on life. And I think that's why we end up gelling so much. And when we have a, you've got a couple of minutes and that's an hour later uh, conversation. <laughs> <laughs> because we have got this, when you have that optimistic mindset, you can see all the possibilities that are out there. And then it's this bright, shiny object. Oh, let's do this. No, let's do that. Oh, there's that as well. Yeah. Where, where do you stop? But, you know, if if you can't be optimistic with your life, no matter where it's come from or where you are in the space, then, um, you know, my nan always used to tell me when, when she was 96 years of age, and she remembers Queen Victoria's funeral. Um, sadly, no longer with us. But um, she used to say, always look for the silver lining. Sometimes you have to look really hard. But it's yeah. always there. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we're, we live in a time where that's, uh, that stretches the capability yeah. in, that, in that realm, doesn't it? But, yeah. but no, I've always just I have a, a saying that runs through my head that kind of makes up part of my DNA, which is that everything is possible with optimism. 
and nothing is possible with pessimism, right? Other than pessimism. So yeah, um, yeah, it's never true a word. That's a beautiful. You, that's your bumper sticker. Put that on your merch. Yeah, <laughs> I love yeah, that yeah, one. Absolutely, I'll, I'll definitely. Uh, yeah, there's loads and loads of t-shirts being printed in the future <laughs> for sure. Yeah. How are you anyway? It's been a while. I'm good. I'm good, thank you. I've just come back from sunny Cyprus, where my optimistic nice. side went. Oh, we could have a book writing retreat here. It would be so good. <laughs> so hopefully next October, I'll let you know. It'd be lovely to have you over there because I found the most beautiful place. Um, and ironically, um, it's a bit like the Lourdes of Cyprus where they've got health waters that you can imbibe uh, and it's the wonderful spa. So you can go and chill out. But in the morning, you can get focused on your book. In the afternoon, you can write a little bit and then go to the spa and have a nice massage. Oh. Oh, so it's my like idea heaven. of heaven. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to go. If people want to come with me, that's great. But um, yeah, so that was a holiday, and I'm now currently doing a massive um, challenge to reboot my business from the point of view of getting back your mojo. You know, sometimes you come back from the holiday and it's like <sighs> back in the yeah. Mind, well, it kind of goes one of two ways, doesn't it? You 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 come back and you're like, oh, I go have to do this again, yeah. or it's a. Uh, um, well, I'm completely reinvigorated and let's just crack on and change the world again. Yeah, I think I was reinvigorated, to be fair. I'd signed up for this challenge before I went away. But it's really good if you put energy and reinvigoration with somebody that's given you massive mojo motivation, I'm, I'm on fire. So yeah. it's like I'm getting up at like half past five in the morning. I'm doing the homework of the challenge. I'm planning my, my retreat. I'm getting things done. And there are little things that are happening like technology when it's not working very well. It's not getting me down. I'm like, okay, I'll move that to one side and I'll think about something that I can do. Yep. So my this week, my um, productivity has gone through the roof. I wish I could just put that in a tablet and take it when I do feel my mojo is down because we all do that don't we every so often it's like I want to do day. I don't want to do this <laughs> and other days it's like I wouldn't do anything else in the world it's amazing frankly I, I had one of those days today to be honest <laughs> I um I I'm, do, I'm in the middle of a, a challenge at the moment it's not a business challenge it's uh, it's for charity I'm part of a team that's walking cycling swimming running any which Whoa. way they can to Qatar and back virtually no that's amazing. And uh, today we actually uh, made it 50% of the way there in 40% of the time. So we're ahead of schedule. Wow. But um, I've upped my the ante on my exercise level for the last 10, well, 10 to 12 days, actually. And, um, and I think today it caught up with me a little bit. I've just yeah. felt a little bit sleepy and a little bit kind of, uh, maybe my body oh, just yeah. needs a rest. Um, which, I mean, it's great for the, the soul, of course, but it's also... You've got to listen to what's going on inside. I am a big advocate of intuition and listening to your body. And we, we often don't want to stop because our mindset is like, oh, I'll be lazy. That's no good. I can't be lazy. That's not a good thing. We're in actual fact, just to take a break. In fact, before I came on this call, I had a cup of tea and I thought, I'm going to watch a little bit of um, Tipping Point. <laughs> just right. a quiz show. 10 minutes it just made me go that's nice I have a different outlook now <laughs> rather than clicking on to one person then talking to the next person then having this ongoing thing so yeah. sometimes you just have to allow yourself to take time out and forgive yourself for not being 110 percent all the time totally and I think that that's massively important in leadership isn't it I mean the, the like the, that's another saying there'll be a few of them I think by the close of business today um but <laughs> The uh, your proper leadership begins with leadership of yourself, mm. and you know. So when you 
I think the in the olden days, he says in inverted commas, really it sorry. used to be that you know the leader was the one who just soldiered on through, and everybody would look up to him and go, you know, mm-hmm. look, look at that. I have to aspire to be like that, um, yes. you know, and, and that kind of lunches for wimps mentality. Whereas now, it, I think it is you've actually showing your vulnerability is actually a massive part of leadership, and it makes people, or, or certainly helps people around you identify that um you know none of us are perfect and we all have our moments it's mm-hmm. about listening to yourself and then how you respond that's that's how we all move forward yeah i don't i don't think um this leadership of a lot of parenting was done in this way you know um don't do as i do do as i tell you mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> kind of top down mentality of like you know i'm in i'm in charge i know the answers i'm the clever one you do as i say that doesn't hold weight anymore. People don't listen to that because they're like, you're not walking the talk. If you were doing things that would inspire me and I go, I would like to be like you, then I will follow you to the ends of the earth. But what you're doing is turning up late, going home early, not getting the work done, not being kind and caring and understanding, but just being the leader of, as you say, the hierarchy, the top-down command and control yep. kind of leader. And I, I think from our perspective, we've seen that shift that change you know if you're a fan of Simon Sinek you kind of get it sucked into you Um, and he's right you know it's leaders serve leaders eat last leaders are there to to care for you the the servant leader is the way forward now yeah and I think in an environment that doesn't have that it tends to have a culture that borders on the toxic where there is no caring there is no understanding there is no comprehension of good mental health and you find that there are little things. And I don't know about you, but if I walk into a place, whether it's a hotel or a restaurant or wherever, I can feel the culture. Oh, totally. And staff aren't happy. You can yeah. see it a mile off. And I don't enjoy you, the food doesn't taste as good when there's a toxic culture there. It's yeah. not made with love. But when everyone cares about what's going on, it's like, oh, I'll stay here all day. Yeah, I'll yeah. some more. You know, give me another glass of wine. Make it a bottle. Yeah. You know, whatever it is, you just. You feel it, don't you? And I think that's that comes from the top down. And that person that owns that restaurant or that hotel are the ones that are putting that love into what they do. And everybody yeah. experiences it. And obviously, you said in the intro about me and being passionate about collaboration. And I think in the old days, collaboration was all about, you know, what's in it for me? What am I going to get out of this collaboration? How much money are you going to make? So how much do I make out of this? And it was all yeah, very yeah. transactional. Now, I advocate that true collaboration is about love and connection and a mindset of abundance and that kind of changes the whole emphasis and so people come to a collaboration in my world with a so how can I help what could I do this this is my genius this is what I love to do so how could I put that into this space and help you with what you're doing Mm. and then all of a sudden oh I get paid as well that's great you know fantastic but the money isn't the sole reason for getting a collaboration but it doesn't stop it happening. It doesn't stop us making money. It's not a dirty word. Um, but when you come to something from a place of love, everything becomes easier, yeah. becomes uh, multipliable, uh, and becomes repeatable. People will want to do it again and again because they had such a good time. Why would yeah. you not want to do that again? Yeah, absolutely. And, and and it's so massively important in in kind of any sector. But think about a sector that is so reliant on people to mm. you know to make it excellent uh, you know and if you think about the the very basics of what collaboration is within hospitality you know there's there's no dinner served 
if the chef hasn't cooked it, if the kitchen porter hasn't cleaned the plates, if the purchasing person hasn't ordered the ingredients, if the farmer hasn't grown the ingredients and so on and so forth. You know, there's collaboration all the way through the process from from farm to fork. That's the that's the same price. Yeah. But yeah, I I really want to get into collaboration in a lot more depth. But actually, what I really would also like to do is establish because I it dawned on me as I was kind of writing out some questions to ask you is that we, we've known each other now for a good couple, couple two, three, four years, something like that. Yeah, and, and I kind of loosely know your story and I kind of loosely know how you got to be doing this, but <laughs> I don't really know. And I think that the, the thing that I, I, this is why this podcast exists is that I, I'm just obsessed with people's journeys and how they become who they become. Mm. Just tell us what you used to do and how did you start becoming this sort of collaborative guru? <laughs> guru sounds so funny. Well, Phil, let me tell you the story. It started when I was about four. No, right. I, won't, I won't go that far back. It's all right. <laughs> um, but I do remember looking at life when I was a kid and going, that's not fair. And being highlighted by my mother that I was different to my school friends because they had black skin and I had white skin. And I hadn't even seen it at the age of six. So it was like, I didn't like difference being a problem. I wanted difference to be a celebration. So my whole life I've spent bringing people together. When we got married at tender age of 21, about four years ago. Of um, course. (laughs) That that long, Jill, that long. (laughs) Love you. (laughs) Um, we had 14 different nationalities at our wedding. It was like globe of nations. It was absolutely wonderful. So yeah. it's bringing people together has been my thing and connecting with people and being there for them and then going, oh, you do that and you do that and, and spotting what their genius was and what they're really good at. So fast forward to 2012 and I was at a, a networking event um, and there was a guy that came up to me went, oh, hi, Jill. How are you doing? It's great. Chat, chat. He said, oh, see that guy over there? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's a business coach. You don't want to talk to him. He's your competition. I'll protect you from him. I was like, what? I said, he's a business coach. That's what I do. I need to go and talk to him. Yeah. So I was like, I couldn't understand this, this mentality of like, he's my competition. Nobody's my competition, right? Not that I'm the best in the world because there isn't a best in the world. We're all different. And that's a good thing. So I was curious to see, well, hey, how do you do your business coaching? Let's see if we can share. Let's see if we can support each other. Mm. Fast forward 18 months and we were business partners, me and this business coach. Right. Um, <laughs> and what we worked out is when you go to a client, you say, I do this, I do this, I do this, I can help you this, I can solve this problem, I can solve this problem. In reality, this is the bit you love doing. This is the bit he loved doing. And neither of us liked doing that bit over there. So we're like, okay, well, we'll get someone else to do that bit over there. And then when we go to the client, there's two of us, bigger organization together, we're going to look fantastic and then they're going to take us on we might not necessarily do the work together highly unlikely we'd go in individually or sometimes we'd both go to the interview and he would go in and do the work and I'd just get a piece of the pie and vice versa depending on what the client needed so the client got the best of both of us neither of us had to do the stuff that were like oh god so mine was communication his was purpose and culture so I could, rather than me have to sit down and explain why oh, you need a good culture, it's like, duh, don't you know that? I didn't have to do that because he could do that. He loved that bit. 
And I could talk about how are you going to communicate with your prospects, with your staff, with your um, suppliers? You know, how are you going to get your brand out there? How's your marketing going to go? I was on fire. I love that bit. Neither of us like talking about the finance bit. I can do that stuff, right? I can talk about the income and the project forecast and all that, but I don't enjoy it. Really not. Right, right. We got someone else in. So then... Collaborating, um, eh? Collaborating. Who'd have thought? <laughs> Who'd have thought? And, you know, it was so easy and simple. But we kept coming across people that thought we were, like, weird because of what we were doing. Uh, and we started conversations with people about collaboration and how together you're stronger and you can support each other and you can do this and, and create more things. And people are like, brilliant, fantastic. How do I join? And we're like, what? Join, join, join more. Join what? what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, nothing. And so we started having these little meetings at my old office in Sawbridgeworth, which was a beautiful stately home. I remember those days well. It's a gorgeous place. Um, and we had lovely meetings there. And then bit by bit we're saying, right, well, we've had the meeting. I want to join. How much is it? And then we saw, okay. So before we knew it, we had um, over in Essex, we had uh, a face-to-face meeting. Then we had one in Hartford. Then we had one in London. Then we had one in Surrey. Then we had one in Liverpool. And, Oh, and it got oh, bigger and right. bigger. Yeah. So the concept of it, then we had the platform and being online, but people didn't like being online. They liked being face-to-face. And we were teaching each other about collaboration. We were teaching each other about business. We were teaching each other about personal development. They all go together. You cannot collaborate unless you know who the hell you are. Your business benefits from you knowing who the hell you are. And then when your business is ready, collaboration becomes much easier. And then the the sort of other part of that was to pay it forward and help other people that were, you know, less able to, than you to collaborate. So we were teaching other people and other communities to collaborate. And then came the pandemic. Mm. <laughs> so my business partner, um, he was more let's have a revolution. Um, He was a big fan of the conspiracy theory and he wanted to change the world come hell or high water. And I was like, but if we just love each other and come together and keep on doing the right thing and having integrity and connecting more deeply to each other rather than going, so what do you do? Which doesn't light my fire. I don't care how you make your money. I want to know what makes your heart beat faster. What are you passionate about? What do you love doing? What's your genius? So we parted ways, you know, relatively amicably. So I was carrying on doing what I was doing, but the business kind of went with him. Um, so we were B collaboration and then I morphed into collaboration global. But you know what? God bless the pandemic uh, because we went online and I didn't have to travel to London and Surrey and Liverpool and all those places. And the magic remained. That's what's the beauty of it is that the essence of what we're about is like if we don't come together to support each other and share this with as many people as possible, then the world is going to go to hell in a handcart. We're going in this downward spiral and all the solutions are already out there, but we're not collaborating to get them done. Yeah. It's just, it just seems crazy to me to be in that. So I'm like, well, what can I do? Well, I can't go and talk to Liz Truss. I can't go and talk to, you know, the head of the United Nations. I can't at the moment. Not yet. (laughs) Give me time. Give me time. (laughs) But I just felt I wanted to prove that coming together and collaborating is something that has a massive impact. And bit by bit, we're experimenting and we're trying things. So we've got the podcast as a collaboration. The online publication is a collaboration. All of these things are like, let's try it out. And I've done collaborations with members of uh, our community that have been absolute pants. <laughs> and, you know, from that, I've learned a hell of a lot. 
don't put a dozen business coaches in the room. It's like herding cats. It really is difficult. <laughs> <laughs> and also, if you've got an ego and you think, I know best, and don't tell my husband, but I, I tell him that I do. But I don't. Nobody knows best. But mm. when you come into a collaboration with that philosophy of like, yeah, do they know what they're talking about? What are you ridiculous? You get nowhere fast. So it's really having this mindset change of how can we be the best that we can be when we come together and where will that take us? What journey will that take us? Yeah. Really, for the past 10 years, I've been researching around society, anthropology, different theories that are going on, different societies that are out there, people that are currently doing things, amazing things. For example, there's a guy in South Africa who has, oh, I've forgotten the name of it, begins with a B, Benito? No. Anyway, um, he's managed to talk about societies without money and, and how you not so much do an exchange per se, but how you function without money. And he actually got a town in Canada to trial it. So you were getting daily or weekly updates from the mayor of the town to say how it was going with his town not you know, having this exchange of cash. Right. Uh, real cashless now anyway. But you know what I mean? It was that kind of... Yeah. There are other ways to live. And I've kind of come across the people who share. Benita Matowska is a, a classic one where we don't need to have stuff all the time. We can share it and we can make a difference. So I think from my experience, I believe it's possible. Um, and I'm now at the stage where we've got a beautifully formed community. It's small. It's not as big as I'd like, to be fair. But that's my learning curve that I've been going through. Because if we had 500 members two years ago, I would have crashed and burned. It wouldn't have worked. But right. now we've got things in place where if 500 people wanted to join tomorrow, I'd be like, bring it on, let's do this. And then then we can tip the uh, the edge and really start to make a difference. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's, there's a cliche, again, another saying, who would have thought? <laughs> I should be writing this down. <laughs> but it's um, it's a journey, right? That's the, that's the thing. And it is, it's about um, making sure that you enjoy the journey as much as you can all the way through. But also accept that there's going to be bumps accept that there's going to be things that don't quite go the way that you thought but the the point is is that at least you're trying you know and in that process you will win some lose some some people will join you some people will leave you and then you'll be left with that base of that foundation of membership that really gets it and really understands and really wants to be the difference will give you and, and I know this for a fact, because I have been on the inside and I know that you have some amazing people within your midst and I'm still there. Um, Thank you. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it's one of those things, I suppose you, you've, you've laid it now, you're on a path. So I suppose the, the, the next question is, because you have also written about the subject twice mm -hmm. and I would imagine there'll be more flying around your head as well but um yeah just give us a, an overview of the uh, of your two books um well there's four actually but only two. Oh my god i have to edit that out <laughs> <laughs> no 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 it's okay because the first one was the business book so you know i'm still by day a business coach and by you know every other spare minute is collaboration global the yep. first collaboration book was me um just acknowledging why collaboration is so important so it looks at the global picture and how it comes down from the global to what would our world look like if everybody stopped mucking about 
having wars and things and actually got together and did some good and were kind to each other. I know kindness is, is your big bag as well. And yeah. it's not, we're both optimists and it's not that difficult to be kind. And I believe 98, 9% of the population are kind. And it's the odd one or two that we hear about all the time. And we think the world has gone mad, but yeah. it's not true. Most people oh, are like you and me. More. Yeah, exactly. It's so, um, the, the kindness is a choice, right? That's the, it's just beautiful. about our strength yeah. to be able to choose kindness in the moments when you're tested the most and that's yeah. you know some people come up short and some people and we all come up short to be honest there's there's yeah. you know there's nobody in the world that could profess to being a hundred percent kind a hundred percent of the time yeah. there's moments yeah. of weakness in in all of us but it's about making sure that your moments of weakness are way less than your moments of strength and that comes from understanding who the hell you are and that you yeah. know, for people that have never um, experienced or explored personal development, I don't like that phrase. Come up with an come up with a bumper sticker. It is something a, a bit more pizzazzy, doesn't it? Yeah, like a bit more interesting. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's like those who've never done it, you can see that they've never done it from the way they react as opposed to respond, the way they have um, their their trigger emotions because of things maybe in their past that they've not even considered are informing their future. Yeah. And it's kind of when you get that awareness around, okay, 10 years ago, I knew 1% of who I was. And now 10 years later, I know 3% yeah. of who I am. <laughs> it's an ongoing journey. You're never really going to no. get to the end of it. But if you can learn enough to live on this planet with care for another human being, then, then you're 90% of the way there. And you've heard me say this before, but one of the values of Collaboration Global is human being first. So my belief is that we're all connected. No matter where you are in the world, whoever it is, we say we don't care whether you are black or white or sky blue, pink, gay or straight, can't decide, um, short or tall, fat or thin, old or young, able-bodied, disabled, whatever your difference, difference, that label of, you know, the, the diversity... Diversity is a positive thing. Whatever your difference in the world is, it's a good thing. And let's bring people together because we've all got something to teach each other. Yeah. And when you recognize that we are all energy on this planet, we are all connected through that energy, through the, the molecules and the, the essence of who we are in this space. And we are renewing ourselves all the time. We, we kind of have to acknowledge that why are we just killing each other? Why mm. are we causing the problems and it's like everyone's worried about climate change well you know what <laughs> the world's going to be fine we're going to be like the dinosaurs we'll be out of here that you yeah. know it, we're killing ourselves so that's where collaboration at the global space comes in and then i look at the practical around why we should collaborate in business but not in the way that we have been brought up to collaborate in as i said earlier not the transactional but from a heart-led centered point of view and then if you take it back to the individual you think well how could an individual collaborate well it's understanding who you are in order to collaborate so there's the three sort of pronged attack so that's what the first book was about why why would you collaborate you don't have to oh i'm introvert i'm not going to collaborate i'm good i'm fine we're all connected. Come on, you're going to need something. Yeah. You can't do everything on your own. So don't be that person in the corner going, I'm fine, thank you, because loneliness is the pandemic that we're currently going through. We've had the COVID, and now because we've shut ourselves at home working and we're like, yeah, I haven't got to be on the train anymore, but I haven't spoken to anyone for three days. You know, yeah. It's just a, a weird feeling. So 
that's the pandemic we have to be aware of. The second book, I got really practical and it's like, hey guys, this is how you do it. Now it's my version of how you do it. So it's not the definitive. Everyone will do it slightly differently. But you know what? If you haven't got a clue or you've done collaborations that didn't work, if you just follow the basics in the book, together we can do something wonderful. It gives you a huge outline and what will happen if it goes wrong and how do you know if it's gone right and what happens afterwards. So there's that pay it forward element as well in the end. So that's how the two books marry up. And one day I'll get around to putting them both together. <laughs> Because at the moment, they're two separate ones. Right. Yeah, but I suppose that's part of your evolution and journey with this as well, though, right? Is that, that uh, And equally, I think it's it's massively important to answer the questions of why and how. They are the two things that drive us, really, as as human beings in any case. You know, the, the, I've actually spoke about this in my last podcast of the last season with Harry Murray, uh, who's an absolute legend. And he brought up Simon Sinek, funnily enough. Just can't avoid the mad, can you? Um, <laughs> and um, he obviously talks about the start with why, but I, I did hear something recently uh, from a chap called Marcus something. I can't remember his surname, but and he spoke about the importance of ha- uh, the what. Mm. The, the, the why is massively important as to the reason why you do something, but actually you won't get any fulfillment if you're not enjoying the what about that why thing yeah. that you're doing. So, yeah, yeah it's... Um, well, it's a it's a massively important subject. I think it's it's not discussed enough. And actually, if you then take and I really don't want this to be a big world podcast because we're we're only we have our own little world that we're trying to make mm. better. But in in the end, you know, I've used a very sweeping statement: is is that we would we we we'll, basically we all win if we have a collaborative mindset because it yeah. means that everyone in that process, whatever it is that you're doing. If you focus on everyone coming out of that in a good place, and it's a kind of very old principled rule of business. If you walk Mm -hmm. away from a table in a deal and one party is very, very happy and the other party is a a bit bemused, then that's that's never going to last. It's never going to make the the fullness of time. But if you walk away from that meeting and both parties are happy, then sparks fly. And good stuff happens, and all of the things that you, the optimism allows you to think about is possible. Then, yes, yes, exactly, exactly that that thought. It was, it's it's that mind. It's not such a mindset because we can all be very logical about it, um, and that's the transactional side of collaboration. But it's more a heart set where you realise that uh, if you can be kind to someone, if you can help them. So imagine, for example. You've got an event going on, as I say, uh, and waiters going backwards and forwards. And there's one uh, waiter who is constantly dropping stuff. And there's another person, waiters, looking at them going, oh, for goodness sake, just drive me nuts. Why can't they get it right? Look, the whole team are working so... And they're just spoiling it for everyone. And, and yeah. negative, negative, negative. But if they pause for a heartbeat and think, why are they dropping it? things all the time what's going on is it something going on in their life are they distracted have they got um physical problems is it emotional problems whatever and they take time to go over and say are you okay can i help i've noticed this is going on rather than why the hell are you dropping stuff all the time it's that heart set to be kind and that's another bumper sticker you said earlier isn't it um kindness is caring and no i can't remember what it was now but it was genius whatever it was 
Yeah. It was genius. It was indeed. <laughs> You're full of it. You're full of it's certainly full of it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's taking that heartbeat moment rather than to react in the way probably 90, 90% of us would do. Like, oh, for goodness sake, you can feel it in your head when it's like when you get frustrated with someone. Go, okay, let's go and help. What can mm. I do to to help that person? And then that lifts them up, which then lifts the team up, and other people can see that. So then that shows you as the individual that went over to say, can I help? It's like, oh, wow, weren't they nice? That, that shows you as the leader in that scenario. So hang on. Yeah. If you've done that to help your fellow team members without any instruction, your boss hasn't told you to do that. You've just gone off your own back to see if you can help someone. Well, when there's a vacancy for a promotion, that sort of thing is going to be noticed and remembered because it's you taking your initiative to make things better. But yeah. not just to make things better like, moving the dinner plates so they're the right way around the the practical stuff it's it's making things better for the emotional well-being of the team yeah. and yeah we all get frustrated but if we can park that sometimes because that trigger that comes inside of us when we do get annoyed with people is usually our stuff it's stuff that it, goes on I, like it totally is yeah, mm. it's it's all about you. I mean, it's emotional intelligence ultimately is what we're we're talking as I suppose about in this moment is is that whatever mm. you've got going on in your own space that's leading to you being under pressure. Maybe you're worried about your bills. You you know all manner of stuff that can happen to you uh, mm. in life, and then something happens in front of you at your workplace. It takes a special individual to capture that moment and not just allow the emotion that they're experiencing at that point to be the overriding emotion that they're going to go into that scenario with. Mm. And if you, you know, if you can catch yourself before you emit your first response, I actually wrote an article called the, the importance of your emitted first response in, in terms of the impact that, that that then has on that person which then has an impact on the next person and so on and so forth yeah. and then ultimately you know you come back from a very very basic business perspective when it comes to hospitality is that that emotional connection that you were talking about with the team comes across in the way that you deal with the public and the way that you're delivering an experience to the guest and therefore if that's a positive experience for somebody then they'll talk about it they'll come back all of these things, if they're just feeling that they're in a, a place of stress, then mm. the likelihood is the, the reason why they came there in the first place was to get away from the stress. So I'm not going to go somewhere that's going to impact, you know, impart more stress uh, on into the situation. We had it for my birthday meal, actually, this year, back mm. in January. We had a, a new restaurant opened the, the, the previous year in Bishop Stortford. And I, um, we wanted to go and experience it went along it was a wednesday night in the middle of january which wow, is not a buoyant <laughs> yeah yeah it wasn't a buoyant <laughs> night to go out on by any stretch of the imagination there was maybe yeah. seven or eight tables in play from a, a restaurant that has maybe 30 odd tables and the team were amazing really really amazing very engaged my kind of service they were really kind of tongue-in-cheek bit cheeky liked all that it was really quite yeah, cool yeah. And then I don't know who it was, but I can only imagine it was a manager of some description came into the, the restaurant, I think only to pick up something from staff room, whatever, mm. 
rinsed them for playing the wrong music for the wrong atmosphere. The uh, they were ju- just the, this horrible face on them about you know about everything. Everything was wrong. What you're doing is wrong, and all of that. And I was thinking to myself, do you know what? Rather than just rinsing them, why don't you come and ask the people who are here whether they're ruining things? Yeah. You know because after she left, the atmosphere was completely different. Everybody was yeah. scared to be themselves and to bring the best version of themselves to the to the party for fear of retribution and i think that's from a collaboration perspective i think it's it's certainly from my perspective it's massively important that you as you this kind of comes back to your original point about taking yourself out of the emotional equation and actually mm-hmm. having empathy towards what's going on um, yeah. and i suppose there by definition empathy is a massive part of collaboration Yes, yes, indeed. And compassion, um, compassion. While you tell that story, can I give a shout out to one of my favourite hotels? Absolutely. Um, because of the culture that goes on there. I just love it. Um, if you get a chance to go, I think there's six now. They're, uh, they're called The Pig. Oh, yes. We've, well, we've had uh, Tom Ross, who's now the MD. Um, he's, he's been on the show. Amazing. And everyone, we've been to several of them now. Uh, and they're my sort of favourite place to go. And we've stayed the night and we've spent afternoons there and, we, you know, they, they do amazing things. But wherever you go, it's the same ambiance. It's the same energy. It's the, the staff are on it. You know, they're like, they want you to have a good time. Yeah. Or if you go to somewhere like the Ritz, yes, I have been to the Ritz. Well, actually, <laughs> they I'm, are, I'm going in two weeks. <laughs> you're going to love it. But you'll see the difference <laughs> yeah, from yeah. the pig to the Ritz. And don't get me wrong, the Ritz is awesome. But they are all very professional and you barely get eye contact with anyone. And as you say, when you have a little bit of a repartee and, you know, a chat with them, it's quite good fun. Uh, and it kind of makes your occasion. But at the Ritz, you don't really want to talk to anybody because you're like, oh, he's doing his job and he's very good. Um, yeah. But the pig, it's like you can they, they chat, they tell you about the wine, they love the food. They're not just telling you what's on the menu. They're like, oh, my, you love this because, and it's cooked like this. And, and we get it from across the way and they know where it's all come from, 25-mile radius. And they brand themselves as home from home. So you can use any of the rooms, the lounges, the newspapers. It's like treating it like it's your own place. Yeah. Yeah. But, and it, it doesn't take much. And I think the guy that owns it, or there's a couple of them that own it, used to own um, a uh, hotel uh, as well. Malmé's on a hotel divan. Yes. Robin yes. Hutton. Thank you. Yeah. That's it, Robin. Um, and you, you can see where they practice that. And they knew what they were doing. And they're like, right, let's do it properly now. Uh, yeah. And even the decor, <laughs> we were playing then. Yeah, exactly. And, and we all learn yeah. somewhere, don't we? And yeah. the decor and everything is just very spot on. Um, there's another one as a one-off is the greenhouse at Bournemouth. Um, okay. And they yep. call it the greenhouse because everything is recycled. So they are so uh, climate change friendly. Everything they, they recycle, um, all the furniture has come from an old school or an old church and it's been upscaled. Uh, the carpets have all come from sheep and been woven and, you know, sort of not wall carpets, but they are, you know, it's, it's just really clever ways. The wall, the bottles are all recycled, recycled glass. Um, the water is recycled. I don't know how they do that. I didn't really ask. But again, yeah, we'll, we'll everyone, is, <laughs> <laughs> everyone is so proud to be in this space and they just show off with, oh, yes, and we do this and we do this. And it's like, oh, that's so lovely. Yeah. And that, that just comes across. Why anybody would want to run hospitality 
space with the command and control is beyond me because it, yeah. it just that energy just and I think people know about that more now there's not many places like you've just described I think yeah maybe that manager or owner was having a bad day well and that could also be the case right and that's the you know and, and that's for me to I suppose get that solid in my brain again that actually they could have just come off the phone and had the worst news ever and just walked yeah. into that in that moment you know and and it's yeah. it comes down to that that ethos another ethos that I like to live by is that simple phrase it's not my own I nicked it from a movie but it's uh, forget everything you think you know like you 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 don't know what mm. whoever if you're coming into a collaboration or you're coming into uh, a deal that you want to make with a company. There was this old adage of, you know, I, I remember being taught this all the way back at the beginning of my career, that if you're going into uh, a room to make a deal in business, mm -hmm. is that you be the most prepared person in the room. Like mm. you know more than everyone else and you spend time to get yourself that way. And whilst I believe that some of the, some of that rings true. It's good to know what you're going into for sure. I actually think being the most curious person in the room is a way better way to approach it because you, you're then, it's the same principle if you're going to a networking event. The best way to network is to shut up and just listen and just ask good questions around what do you do? Yes. What's, your, you know, what's your genius? What do you get out of bed for in the morning? All of these sorts of things because yeah. then... You um, and actually, I've learned this over the years with networking. If you take that approach and you do it for long enough, you literally can sit or stand in the one place, and the room comes to you. Gradually, you know, you don't. Uh, yeah. It's it's such a you know, you literally don't have to do any steps at all. Yeah. You just let the room come to you. So it's yeah. it's yeah. I think it is. It's one. It's it's just about parking your ego, isn't it? you don't know anything about the other person other than what might be available in the, the stratosphere. And let's face it, we all are responsible for making ourselves look good on things like LinkedIn and the like, yes. but it, but ultimately these things tell you nothing about the human. And so go into every conversation that you have with somebody as if, you know, what's that line in Philadelphia? Talk to me as if I'm a six year old. Uh, you know. <laughs> I thought I invented that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. I, I used to be a networking tart, to be fair, um, and I would go in and I would be <laughs> training <do> I. people. <laughs> I used to train people on how to network, uh, and I used to train the franchise owners and the directors and everything on how to do it. Uh, and one of the things when people do their sixty-second pitch and they stand up and they talk about their business. Um, and I said, look, just talk to me like I'm six years old or go and practice with a six-year-old. Go find one because if they can repeat back what you do and what your message is, then you've got it right. But if they can't tell you what you do, they're like, what? You're too complicated. You're using tech jargon and I won't understand. I'm telling you I'm six years old and if you don't keep it really simple for me, I haven't got a clue and I've forgotten you already because yeah. I'm going on to the next person. So it's about being memorable. And you know how you can be memorable? Really good way is what you've just said. Listen to people. When you're yeah. in that room and you're networking, irrespective of your 60-second pitch, put that to one side. You're more memorable by listening to people and understanding them and empathizing with them and showing compassion with them and asking them what their problems are than you just 
spouting and I do this and I do this and I do this and I can help you with that and this is how much I charge. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Everyone's turned off by the second. Yeah, second uh, that's not the way you build a relationship with somebody, is it, ultimately? That's, you know, and, and what you're really trying to do to, to underpin any potential that a collaboration has is actually build a relationship yeah. with someone, a meaningful one, something that will actually... You know, you have a, a an epiphany moment at nine thirty p.m. on a Tuesday night, and you go, "I, I need to," yeah. and it's that person I need to to speak to. I don't know why, but here we are. Yeah. And these are, you know, that's how you 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 build the the collaborative network out. Certainly, from my experience. Sorry, I've, I've kind of you're the maybe you have something else. <laughs> well, one of the things I was going to say that I love that I do that uh, again, it's in the book, but um, I, I start any collaboration. We have a meeting and we set up the rules of the game. And this stems from um, the book, Be More Pirate. Yeah. And I would recommend this book to anybody. And we've had the uh, author of the How to Be More Pirate book come and speak at one of our events. Well, two of our events, actually, she's come along. Um, and basically the pirates used to have the pirate code um, and they were ahead of their time sort of 300 years ago. Uh, they would have same-sex marriages. They would um, share out the bounty. Uh, there was no one person in charge. Although there was a captain, uh, there was always the first mate uh, and there was more than one person in charge. But they all chose what was going to go on the pirate code for that voyage. So we've rewritten that into the rules of the game. And the rules of the game are... What are your values? Let's see if we're aligned with each other. What's your purpose for this collaboration, as well as the purpose of the collaboration itself? What are your triggers? You know, when you're under stress, what really pisses you off? What really gets you going? And what's gonna what's gonna make you snap and crack? Because if we know it now, before we're under stress, we can be aware of it and tiptoe around you if necessary. Yeah. But if you know each other's stress points, sometimes you can help them to unpack that and where's it come from before you actually get into the collaboration because then everyone's stronger so you learn from each other along the way so you find out what your trigger points are you find out possibly what limiting beliefs are around that you can share so it might take an hour two hours to go through that for a, a collaboration of three or you know three or four people but what well spent you know and that information stays on view and so we use trello board so that meeting that we have goes on the trello board so if anybody's like got something that's just annoying about that other person just go hang on what are their values let's see what oh okay maybe i can talk to them about that value and make they'll cotton on that they're not having their integrity in the right place mm. or maybe you go oh that's one of their triggers i wonder why that's a trigger i'll go and have a conversation now you're not going and another thing you did you're going you seem to be a bit stressed should we have a conversation about it? You know, what's happening here that we can make it go more smoothly. Yeah. Now, when you're coming to a collaboration from a place of love, you get through the sticky stuff and you come out the other end because you've put, you've laid the foundations through the rules of the game. But when you go to a collaboration with a, what's in it for you and what's in it for me, if there's any sticky stuff, which, you know, if you've got a project three, six months, there will be, it's called life. You know, somebody will have suffered something or been ill or not been able to do what they were supposed to have done. If you've got that sticky stuff and you haven't got that groundwork and those foundations, quite often somebody will just throw their toys out the pram and walk away. And all the work you've done so far is gone, wasted. Yeah. No point. Yeah. So that's the kind of 
value of the difference of the two types, the, the society we've been brought up in, the transactional society, the consumer society, the capital, capitalist society, and the new society called Collaboration Global, uh, where we don't know what all the answers are. But you know what? We know there's some solutions out there. And if we bring enough clever people together, we'll find a way forward together in harmony mm. or a joint purpose that's going to benefit other people, not just us going, hey, let's earn lots of money. Because I don't think everyone needs that now. I mean, don't get me wrong. We all need some money because we can do a lot with it. But people don't need stuff anymore. They've learned that stuff is just damaging our planet. We don't need to have three or four cars on the drive. Oh, I collect cars. Oh, I collect Rolex watches. Oh, I do. you know, we don't need all that stuff anymore. Yeah. And I think the world is waking up to that. And that's another blessing of the pandemic. I think we've realized what's important and it's the relationships that we build. Yeah. Well, everything, I mean, it's the same as optimism, but everything's possible, but you can, here's another saying, no man is an Island, right? That's, that's another, you can't hope to get through life just by trying to cope with everything on your own. It's um, you know, there's so many things and indeed you can make more of an impact by bringing other people on the journey with you. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's actually been, that's been part of my journey I've always been a big thinker. Um, I believe that I can change the world in some way, Absolutely. but for a lot, a lot of the the time, it's been about it's just it's it's my journey. And now, mm. as I've as I'm getting older, I'm realizing that actually that's just restricting my own potential by just being closed to you know this is my thing. I'm going to do this. This is you know if the more people we bring along, the more good we can do and so on and so forth and it's um yeah it is a journey isn't it yeah and and for me the thought of trying to do something on my own in my own strength is just futile i mean i'm the world's worst person for asking for help um my family were brought up that you didn't do that you rolled your sleeves up and you got on with it and there's a very sad story about my nan and my mum and you know, and it's just passed down the generations. But I now realise that because I've done some work on myself and I can now separate myself from that space. And I go, can I have some help, please? (laughs) And it's it's still a challenge for me. But that's the only way you can make a big difference and a bigger impact. So for me, if I make a small impact, if anyone comes to any of our collaboration global meetings and at the end we all say, what have you got out of it? Are you taking any actions? Who would you like to thank for anything? And somebody goes, oh, when so-and-so said that, it was like, oh, I couldn't believe it. I'm going to do that tomorrow. Now that's a simple thing. I've earned not a penny out of that. It's taken me a long time to put the event on. I was very grateful that this person showed up, but they got something out of it. I'm like, job done. That's yep. Collaboration Global in a heartbeat just because they've got something that blew their mind and they can take away and they're going to do something about it. Now, imagine if that was multiplied by a million. Yeah, I know, I know. Happen? But what's, you, you have a golden number, don't you? You're looking for... Yes, 834. It's not a big number. No, and why is that the number, Jill? Okay. <laughs> So, as I said to you before, I've done loads of research over the last decade. And one of the things I found is a guy called uh, David Hawkins, who's written a book about the levels of consciousness of society. And he talks about how you can go from grief all the way up to uh, joy and beyond 
but you can't kind of leapfrog from one to the other. You have to kind of go through the motions. You don't have to go through every single one. So, you know, if you've got a group of people who are bereaved, there is this energy around them that ripples out and that becomes catching for other people. And if right, you've got yeah. a group of people that are filled with joy, it's the same thing. It ripples out and, and society catches that joy. So he's saying that um, there is a mathematical equation whereby if you have a group of people with a culture that is dynamic and ongoing, if you have enough people within a society, um, and that, that mathematical equation is something like 1% of the square root of the population, or it could be the square root of 1% of the population. I'm, don't quote me on it, read his book. Yeah. Um, but somebody went away and did the calculation for us and came back and said, for the UK, it's 834. And I'm like, hello, that's a doable number. Mm. Because if Collaboration Global gets big enough, 834 it then creates this boom effect where people are aware of the culture get attracted to the culture because they're like hang on this is interesting what's going on over here they seem to be having a good time they seem to be doing a lot of collaborations they seem to be generating a lot of interest and noise and income and what's going on and then we get the exponential growth and then it just is hits the tipping point and it it goes so, you know, I'm not sure if his theory is right. I'm not sure how often he's proven it, but it makes a lot of sense to me. So I'm yeah. going to go with that. I'm going, I'm going to believe that and see if I can keep plugging away. And, you know, I might not see it in my lifetime, but I just feel that, as I say, if one person gets something out of it, I'm happy. But if I can get it big enough that it gives us a seat at the table to talk to people that have no concept of what you and I have been talking about today, They've done no personal development. They've been a politician or something like or you yeah, know. That was um, a controversial statement, but very true. <laughs> that's gonna go in the in the quote, isn't it? Um, you know, or, or somebody that's been in industry, you know, for a long time and one of our leaders of industry, but they've actually maybe they're a narcissist and they've not actually caught up with any personal development. It's like they don't have a clue of what we're about, but I'd love to be able to share with them. And they'll listen to me now and go, oh, she's silly. She's talking all about love. What is, you know, soft skills, what's that all about? No, no, no. And then she's she's such an optimist. Oh, she's so naive. That's what I would get now. But if we had a community that was bigger and people were getting it and people were collaborating and we were living from that place of love and connection and abundance, which is a huge mindset and a huge heart set, there's enough out there for everyone it's just the distribution's a bit wonky at the moment. Yes. You know, we don't have to have homeless people. We don't have to have food banks. I, every time I say that, I think of my mother. She would be mortified having gone through World War II with rationing and now to find out there are food banks in most towns. She would find that, you know, yeah. she'd turn over in a grave. She really would. It was just awful. And we shouldn't have that. We shouldn't need that because there's enough food in the world yeah. for everybody to be fed. No, absolutely. I, I could not agree more yeah it's one of those situations i suppose is that you just want to create enough that people there's like the, a wall around it and people are just yeah peering over the wall going yeah. what's what are they doing over there why are they also yeah. why are they happy all the bloody time <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and sometimes we're not happy all the time but we know a better way of getting out of it yeah because of this awareness this and also if somebody is unhappy in the community they've got people they can go to to say i've had a really bad day it's been terrible and they're like oh okay how can i help what can i do yeah. without having to go 
to a coach and pay them a fortune or you know it's just a phone call to someone that's looking after them who's going to be there for them who's committed to say right I'll, I'll be part of that group of people that's going to look after each other so mm. we're all kind of connected in those ways and yeah Phil it is naive it is optimistic but you know what when it works it's just so joyous and when people come to the guest meeting and they go I don't know what it is but it's a different energy in here I just it that fills me with joy because that's what we're aiming for different to what people are used to it's this goldfish bowl where normal life normal life pre-pandemic out in the world the media you know the world that we know education political system is is the murky water so if we're a goldfish swimming around in this goldfish bowl full of murky water you kind of get used to it and you don't even see it as murky you think that's what life is like Mm. and i want to consider that people can go into this fresh clean bowl of water they can jump from one to the other and look around go oh my goodness look how dirty my old water was and this is amazing this is fresh people listen to me people care about me people want to help me and i want to help them And I want to see if we can collaborate and I want to see if we can do great things for all those poor people that are still left in the murky water. Yeah, it's it's not too much to ask. It's definitely is not. And actually, you use the word uh, naive there. What I've come to learn recently, only recently, and this came from another conversation I had with founders of the, the Manchester Gin Company. Which is lovely, by the way. Okay, I'll um, check that one out. Thank yeah, you. Um, and they they spoke about the fact that they're they're they probably wouldn't have a business if they hadn't been naive. Oh, and I really that. loved that. I really yeah. loved the concept of actually naivety can be the thing that doesn't hold you back. You know, yeah. it's like we're just going to do this, and we don't have a clue what we're doing, but we're going to do it. But if you had, if they had taken a moment to think all of that through, that they we might not be talking about a world-class gin product that's uh, that's hit the marketplace. And I wonder then how many businesses are, are the same, you know, yeah. if they had just thought about it to an nth degree. So now, like, I'm, I'm thinking naivety is a wonderful trait to have yes, when it comes like to that. pushing it's, boundaries. It's like people say um, to establish successful businesses, you know, if you knew then what you know now, yeah. what advice would you give me? And they say, if I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't have started. <laughs> I wouldn't have done it. I'd have run like <laughs> to the hills. Uh, and I'm a bit like that, you know, that we've done so much work and put so much into it. I mean, written two books is not, you can't do that in the blink of an eye. No. I wouldn't be without them now. And and even the platform that we have, you know, it takes a lot of effort to to keep the um, knowledge and information going in there and keeping it connected to everybody but I just it's my lifeblood now so even on my worst days and I go oh Jill for goodness sake you know kick yourself out of it and I can't and I'm down and I'm grumpy and I'm fed up and I'm like all right Jill you're not doing it anymore stop it don't do it anymore stop it just just don't give it up tell someone else to do it don't do another thing and I'm like mm, but I like doing it <laughs> <laughs> And then all of a sudden, it's like, I couldn't do anything else. I really, it just, I, I'd love other people to do it with me so I don't have too much to do myself. But that's just yeah. logistics. That's nothing important. I couldn't not do this now because I see so many people getting so much from it. It's like, how would I dare to stop yeah. doing it? Because the belief is still there that one day it can hit that tipping point and we can then really 
get going and make a difference. And it only takes something to go viral or someone to pick it up and run with it. Or just bit by bit by bit, we don't, we're not in a rush. Slowly by slowly, we get more and more people. Yeah, but I mean, the, the caliber of people that you've had through the the door to give talks and uh, and things, as you know, and that, that just seems to be getting better and better and better. And it's people that some people would have heard of, like you, as you said, the, the lady who wrote "Be More Pirate." Yeah, it was a prime example. But then there's other people that you wouldn't have heard of who have just as much genius uh, around yes. th- your their chosen specialist subjects and. And I think it is, as you say, the thing for me that I've I've always loved about it is is that you could whatever kind of a day you're having, you can go into your group and you'll come out of it just feeling like everything's possible again. Like mm. I, I, the, I've been re-energized. People have just given me their energy free of charge, and <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and I and I feel like I can do this again. Like I can I can crack on. And you guys absolutely saved me through the pandemic in terms of that moment whereby I wasn't sure what was going to happen business-wise mm. what how you know is there any income I don't know what am I going to do if that is going to be the way forever now blah blah, blah all these things yeah. and actually just to have a positive focal point of a place to go was was heaven absolute heaven oh that's good to know thank you bless I'm not going to cry <laughs> I mean, it wasn't issue. Yeah, it's a bit like that, and and that's it's those kind of stories that we get like that. I mean, there's an old one that I tell again and again about a guy who this was when we used to meet live. Uh, was doing a presentation. He was a very slick, very cool dude. He was a sales guy, and he at the end of his presentation happened to mention that he hadn't spoken to his dad for a little while, and you could see the audience kind of go, okay. Nope. Um, and then after the meeting, people came up to him and gone, why haven't you, why haven't you, dad, why haven't you spoken to your dad? What's going on? No, no, it's fine. It's fine. He's talked about it. And it's, go on, ring him up. Why don't you ring, be the grown-up, ring him up. And he wasn't going to do it, but people kind of nudged him to do it um, to the extent that we gave him some coaching around it. And we sent him on a little course to go on, which he did. He's like, all right, I will, I will. And bit by bit by bit, and this was over a period of about six months, and then he came back and he said, oh, could I just mention something at the end of the meeting? We're like, yeah, sure. So he stood up at the end. He went, thanks to you lot. He said, I've made that phone call and I've spoken to my dad. And because I've spoken to my dad, I've now spoken to my brother, who I also hadn't spoken to for seven years. Uh, last weekend, my dad came to my house and met his grandchildren that he didn't know existed. My, my children goodness. got to meet their granddad that they didn't know exist. Fast forward a little bit everyone's happy families and it's lovely but a year later from that date his dad died so people in the community hadn't cared enough to just keep on it why don't you ring him what was so bad go on is there nothing you can um and that was coming from some people who had been abused by their dad when they were young and they'd actually nursed him when he was dying so and she was saying look i've had this experience You've got to forgive your dad. You've got to let it go. Pick yeah. the phone up and call him. So it was extraordinary the stuff we learned about each other in that. But that's a typical example of nobody earned any money out of that, but it was priceless to that guy. Yeah. I, I mean, what to say? I mean, the power of forgiveness. There are, If ever you have any doubts of what's forgivable, just mm-hmm. go onto YouTube and enter in stories of forgiveness. Oh my God. 
Yeah. It's um, but you know, with, without it, there's so many. Again, forgiveness is just it's it's something, and it's very easy to say this. Of course, if you you're not in a situation whereby you don't have anything particularly you know dark that you need to you know get past and and mm-hmm. and the like. But there are phenomenal stories of of forgiveness. It shows you that everything is possible. Again, I would say that though, wouldn't I? Um, <laughs> it, well, when I when I hear one particular lady tell us this story about how her dad had abused her from the age of about five to uh, sixteen, and she thought it was normal, she thought everybody woke up screaming and had nightmares every single night for forty years. Goodness. She had nightmares until she found somebody that helped her with that, and in one session of thought field therapy, she was. Um, cured and she slept the night and she's like oh my god is this what normal people are like yeah. so she went I need to find out how to do that so she did she went off and she got trained in it and then, then she helps other people with their, all of their kind of issues and then she was able to forgive so sometimes you have to go through some therapy or some treatment in order to yeah, yeah. but again that. that's a collaborative process as well isn't it that's the the thing is that there are definitely circumstances that will hit your life that you can't deal with on your own you don't have the tools yeah. Or you can't get out of your own way to in order to get to that thing that you need. And sometimes you need somebody to help you get there. Yep. Well, as you say, no man is an island. And knowing you've got someone you can call on, even if they're not your nearest and dearest, sometimes it's better to call on people that aren't your nearest and dearest so that you can be open and authentic and genuine and be your real self. Uh, yeah. And then you can get to the nitty gritty of what's holding you back. Sometimes you don't know what's holding you back. Um, and you get that opportunity to have that conversation and they ask you the right questions and you're like, damn it, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, absolutely. I'm a little conscious of time, but um there is a, a question that I, I'd like to ask you. I, I suppose as a kind of takeaway for for the listeners and who anyone who's kind of had their interest sparked in collaboration. What where should somebody start if they're interested in collaboration and what what tools do they need in order to become a, a master collaborator? That's, that's two questions. Oh, okay. What tools do they need? I think they need to be connected to who they are. Um, and that might mean going to, you know, get some support, get a personal life coach to kind of pick away at, um, you know, what are your limiting beliefs? Maybe you don't even know what they are, but everyone's got them. What are your triggers and why are they there? And understand what drives you, what motivates you. Do you have a purpose? Do you understand what your genius is? Do you know what your talent is? What legacy do you want to leave? All of these little questions, it's kind of gives you this ownership of self, who you are and what you can create. And then you go and mix with other people that are like that. And you go and mix with other people that have got a similar purpose to you. And you go, this is what I want to do in the world. This is the legacy I want to leave. Someone else will go, actually, I was, I'd like to, should we have a chat? Because I'd quite like to do that as well. Or this is my passion. And how did you know that? And this is, let's do something together. And then you come together and then you just go and get the book. <laughs> together, we can do something wonderful. Yeah. And you just follow, follow that format to that collaboration um, and you can create something amazing and don't think about it too hard because if you think oh it's never gonna happen I could never do it sometimes if you if you think I want it done by next Christmas you might be a bit too a bit too optimistic has me saying a bit too optimistic but making a start is the first thing and it's asking for help and, and that's tough for some people 
but it is asking for help and finding the right people in there. So yeah, get to know yourself. And that's, that's a huge asset for your business, for everything. That's that sense of, you know, I'm worth it. Uh, I am good enough. I can do this. I will do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it now. And it's, it's that kind of, but doing, having that energy in you lasts for so long. So be around other people with that energy and you fuel each other going forward. And then when you're in a collaboration, you'll find the energy, oh, I'm really high energy today. And then tomorrow I'm a little bit low and they're a bit high and you work together to, to create it. So bit by bit, don't have to put a timeline on it, but you'll pull it together and before you know it, you've done a substantial body of work that you can look back on and go, that was me? I did that? That's incredible. Yeah. And you'll see the people that you're helping because that's the ultimate collaboration. The first thing is, who is this collaboration going to help? And once you know who you're going to help, that's your motivation. And, and you, how dare you not do it? Yeah, you've used that one on me before. I, um... <laughs> <laughs> but it's true like you know the especially if it's a if it's a genius idea and and, it, and and the world needs to know it you know how dare you not tell the world it's that it's yeah it's, it's powerful stuff powerful stuff <laughs> we'll finish we'll finish that book one day i'm not going to let you off you know no 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 is. it's uh, that and but you know this, this is the thing maybe you and i need to speak more often because every time i, I come away from conversations with you i i'm re-motivated to get back writing uh, again because um we um I, maybe it's I, th I think probably within me there's still that little bit of self-doubt that i'm good enough you know and um and every time we have conversations and i hear myself out loud and this is not me trying to be arrogant i said I, like we were talking earlier on about kindness and i was going look how you just reeled that stuff off phil like you know something here so yeah it's yeah so i'll have you back on next week if that's all right okay. <laughs> can i have a regular slot <laughs> yeah. indeed no that's great if um if people want to pick up your book I i'm assuming a large online retailer will have said that's books that, that that one that's uh yeah yeah the uh, the forest the Am the amazon forest person right. yeah if you just look look for me g i w -L, l t i n e y um, you'll see all the books there. Brilliant. Yeah, all four of them. All four of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if um, if they want to learn more about Collaboration Global or just reach out to you to, to learn more about you and, and what you do, what's the best method for them to do that? Um, well, you can go to collaborationglobal.org, uh, the website, um, and then on there, there's a little link that you can click to book to come to one of our sessions. And they're always the last Tuesday of the month three till five UK time. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, just look for Jill Tiny, um, or you can send me an email. Old school, eh? Yeah. <laughs> G-I-L-L -L at collaborationglobal.org. Fantastic. Jill, thank you. thank you so much. I can't believe it's taken us this long to do this, to be honest, but um, given the fact <laughs> that the podcast is nearly two and a half years old now, but there we are. Ouch. Jeez, how did that happen? You got there in the end. Thank you very much. I appreciate Indeed. it. No worries at all. Take care. Cheers. Bye bye. And there we have it. If you've had your head turned by the thought of being more collaborative, then you really should reach out to Jill. She is awesome. A huge thank you to her for coming on the show. We'll be back on Wednesday at 8pm with another belter of a story from hospitality. But until then, thanks for listening and we'll see you then.